everybody. Welcome back to Car Side Chat. This is the start of the, the new world order right here, right? This is getting crazy, isn't it? It is. All right. I am your host, Primo, and tonight I have with me Spike, as usual. He's going to be here a lot more often, all right? Absolutely. I smell the cooking, so I'll definitely be here. You pull that mic up. You got you to see. I smell the cooking, so I'll be you here. Gotta, you got to see. You got to move the little I mean, thing. These ones don't look as inviting as the other ones. You got to unloosen it. There you go. Pull it up. All the good lord. There go. right. Good now. It's right up where it needs to be. <laughs> He's like, if I'm not gonna make any mistakes, I'm gonna go full like, on good. with this thing. Good. <laughs> no, but this is perfect because we get this is exactly I mean, you're you're full time now here with us, right? I am full time here with We're you. gonna do a show. I think it's gonna be every Wednesday from here on in. As always, we have the lovely Jen over there on the production stand. How's it going? Hello. Whoa, you learned to use it. You got this all on it. Do you know what we're going to be talking about tonight, Spike? The fact that our producer knows how to learn the microphone and it's going to be it's Terminator. But in the produ- time, come on. Listen, they made movies about this. They now. did. And yeah. I, we got the couch. We do have the couch. We have the couch. Yep. So we will be taking requests from here. And we have the technology. You're right. <laughs> we can build it. I don't think we're losing the, the, the couch for the same way they think we're using it for. Um <laughs> But yeah, tonight we're going to be talking about SEMA and all the cool stuff that happened at SEMA. It was kind of a different world for SEMA this time out, right? It was crazy out. It was definitely nuts out there. Now, again, I know we talked about this briefly while I was live in Vegas, but the the thump for electric vehicles is insane right now. The Tri-5s. Hey, listen, we don't have buttons. Stop messing with my core. There you go. (laughs) Don't want to do that. It it pulls the mic away from me. I know, right? I'm going to adjust mine because now you adjusted yours. Go ahead. Yeah, you were saying. Is it we compensating, Alan? Yeah. Okay, we're good. Mine, we're good. I don't go any higher. Um, <laughs> so, anyways, the um, the push for electric vehicles, uh, the demand, I should say, of electric vehicles in the industry responded with uh, everything from classics, modern to uh, crate electric engines from some of our general manufacturers. Yeah. Um, and also there's a company out there that won, I think they won best new product, one of the best new product categories. And it's actually, it looks like a small block. It can either look like a Ford Mopar or Chevy small block. And it's a housing that encases an electric motor and it bolts into the factory style engine mounts. And then you bolt to whatever, um, output device that you're going to drive the wheels with. Um, in this instance, it had like a Chevy bolt pattern, the one I saw. So it was kind of neat. Um, and then we had just talked about racing and we just talked about that and, um, then I just sent you that article the other day that they're in the creation of a new class in the NHRA. Yeah. The experimental mm-hmm. AFX class, which is going to have, you yeah. know, alternative powertrains. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it was funny. We, we already knew it was going to happen before yeah. it happened. It was probably already in the works, but you know, again, with, they, they probably took one look at SEMA. If not, they said, we'll drop this right after SEMA. Yeah. And that's what happens. And um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of anti-dealership, chat out there really at, at SEMA. Yeah, definitely. Wow. I, I, I felt it myself and I heard that from a few people. Um, definitely down with the man kind of thing. Everybody's kind of had it with yeah. the dealerships and the, you know, well, I hope you don't get jealous today. I won't. But I have brought a third individual into this menage. I, ne- I never get jealous. Uh, we have tonight Don Abenante. And do I have Don on the old Zoom meeting here? Yes, sir. I'm here. How's it going? Good, good. First off, can you guys see me or am I just my voice? Oh, yeah, I can see you perfectly. All right, all right. Oh, well, Spike can't see you because you're uh, actually behind Spike, but it's okay. <laughs> no, you sound actually really good. I mean, he's that sound is perfect. Yeah, that sounds perfect. Yeah, we, this is the first time we were actually really tried to use like a Zoom meeting today. And uh, and that's the thing is, is a lot of people kind of warn me like, don't do Zoom, do it this yeah, way. I mean, usually when I, the only time I'm on Zoom is when I'm getting yelled at by my accountant. Right. Exactly. Great people, by the way, when the lawyer's on and he's like, hey, whatever it is, don't do that. That's exactly. Yeah. But no, th- tonight we use the Zoom. And the thing is, is I really thought it was a great opportunity to uh, to have something and, you know, have a guest on and, and have somebody live that can talk. So but you guys see, that's the thing is, is and I, I mean, you guys are going to do a lot of talking today because for the most part, I did not go to SEMA. I got to see the pictures. Uh, but I know Don brought some incredible stuff out to it. He had a blast uh, other than getting in a little bit of a an accident. You went out and I think all of your accents were on purpose, right, Spike? Purpose and non-SEMA related. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so Don, what now when you went out to SEMA, what was kind of your big thing? What did you like the best? Uh, well, personally, it was the car that we built, but there was a, a gentleman there that we met 
the DeBerti brothers or the DeBerti family, and they have that Fire Slayer C10. And I tell you what, I think was kicking, and those guys are probably the coolest guys I've ever met. Yeah. Now, if you want to go ahead and if, tell everybody what you actually brought to SEMA, because I think um, a lot of people will know it. Uh, and it's actually a big deal for that. I think that was probably the most recognized vehicle from the event. Right? I'd have to say so. Yeah. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead, Don. So it, it's an interesting concept. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite trucks too. It's a 85 C10 that the the guy who spearheaded it wanted to make it electric, but we, they didn't want to just make it one motor. It's actually all wheel drive. So we took two large drive units and horizontally mounted them in the front and the rear. And they're both tied together in the same battery. Now, it being this wild race truck, we didn't, you know, just kind of cobble some stuff together. We physically took the battery and built the chassis around it. So the whole thing is like well, one-off custom crazy piece. And we only started seven months before SEMA, so we didn't have a lot of time. Yeah. Wow. That's I mean, like, that's the funny thing is, is how many times we've done these, these craft things, Spike, and it's right up until the last minute that it gets like we've had stuff that we've seen, you know, have had friends that brought it to it that, the paint was drying on it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. hundred percent. And and it's amazing how you, how we get the, these bust, these things out like last minute and get them out there. So, um, but yeah, I'm, I, 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 did you get to see the truck? Yeah, I saw the truck. Yeah. Unfortunately I didn't get to, it was on the last day, but nonetheless yeah. I did get to throw my eyes on it. Yeah. yeah There's still I, as, as smaller as the show was this year. I mean, Don can probably agree here that there was still, as always, there's a lot to see. And it's the way it's laid out. It's not like you could just go to A to B to C to D. It's mm-hmm. everywhere. Like there's, there's hallways and corridors and it's confusing. And, and why they label stuff, you know, north, south, east and west, instead of just color coding them or giving them numerical values right. is beyond me. But, it's, yeah. you know, it was a good show. I mean, it, that two years ago was better, but I'm sure we'll go full circle back next year. Well, Don, as a displayer, I mean, was that something that you were really happy with that SEMA did this year? Or did you have some input from that side? And to be honest, this is the first time I ever went, so I was just excited to be there. But uh, apparently it was a lot sh- a lot smaller than it was the last couple of years. But it was a wild concept going in there, not knowing what it's like and seeing how much hate and how much love we got all at the same time. I'm, I'm telling you, people were disgusted by it. And then people absolutely loved it all in the same swoop. What? what I can't imagine people had what negative stuff that you hear. That's the thing. Well, the thing is, so you yeah. got to remember, SEMA yeah. is a melting pot. Right. Like stock, OE, aftermarket, drift, race, right. F1, formula everything like nascar drag racing everybody is thrown into one giant jar yeah and we're all a bunch of bees and you're shaking us up by throwing us you know alternating concepts you got lifted trucks loaded trucks i'm sure don can uh vouch he saw the uh slammed gladiator yeah yep yeah like that's a i said to somebody that has one he's like i hate it and i'm like that's awesome (laughs) yeah that's because that's why we come here because this it's that but that's what branches out a good builder is the fact that they can take they can see the art in what anybody did i don't have to like it but i like how they did maybe these door handles or these taillights or i like what they did with the suspension here maybe i use it on something that it'll look 10 times better on you know it's it is a melting pot and don feel free to chime in here do you agree with that yeah i think what we got most of the hate from was not so much the melting pot i think people are happy what i've learned is the big stigma now with this electric stuff right we're getting a lot of people saying that we're trying to save the world and we're doing it the wrong way. But then when you come back to them and say, Hey, we're just a bunch of hot rod guys who are trying to build something different, you know? Uh, sorry, there's somebody screeching in the background. Okay. So we, we just kind of came across all everybody. We're just trying to build a hot rod. It's almost like the days when guys were doing LS swaps and everybody hated it. all the small block crews hated it. When you kind of talk to some of these people, then they kind of open up a little bit more, but I think we got hate because it was electric and it was a C10. People wanted the old Americana C10, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing is, is I, I've always uh, made that, clarification and said that about kind of the you know the basically this new ev craze i'm going to call it so the thing that i said was uh somebody got mad and said nobody would accept it or whatever and i said this is exactly what the ls scene was back when everybody mm-hmm. said ls the world uh people were very quick to say hey you know what we shouldn't do this you put shouldn't put a chevy block in a 66 mustang and people did stuff and they had a lot of fun with it they had i mean we we had good bills and we had there are certain cars that have matching numbers that are perfect and there's a collector out there that says this is the car and i can understand if that guy doesn't change his carver to an ev but if i find a shell out there that doesn't have an engine that needs love and i'm going to build some value back into it why wouldn't I consider why wouldn't you break the ice for something? Right. You know? And make something new. I mean, it's exactly what Don brought out to there. And I think that was, I think that was a perfect example. And I think that's why it got 
the love and the the I guess the features that it got was because it was like that, right, Don? Yeah, my whole thing is I got into hot rodding because this is like a passion project for most of us. We love our cars, we love to build them. It's a creative outlet for us. So there is no one stamp of approval the way to do it. So I think when you start going outside of the norm, you're, you're going to get people who hate it because they're kind of stuck in that box. My whole thing is all of us, you know what it's like. It doesn't matter what kind of car you have or what you like to build. As long as you enjoy it, that's what really matters. And I noticed the trend that people who believe in that kind of, that kind of a thought, they loved it. You know, it's, it's more like an art project for us, you know, or it's like a really fast art project that we built. And honestly, I, I got to tell you, I think, I think it's the wave of the future. I'm not saying that the eights are gone because I love them. I mean, that's my favorite motor ever. I, mean, I don't care what it is. I mean, the smell of it, the, the, the visceral feeling of having a V8, you can't beat it. But if it became to a point where you could build an ED car for cheap and it's fast and you can enjoy it, then why not? Like, right. what, There's no downside to it, you know? Well, that's the thing is I need to tell people because I've seen your cars and there's, I mean, the everything about what you <laughs> yeah the stuff that you have is is powerhouses i mean the, the the stuff that i mean we've you've actually been on our show before uh we've actually covered your shop back when you're working on the stuff that you had um and, and we're talking twin turbos big engines everything powerful i mean he he was building a twin turbo truck to pull his twin turbo car and like <laughs> I mean, that's how you do that you know exactly. like <laughs> this is the way we think don like everybody else i think thinks we're extremely nuts but um but yeah that's the thing is is here's here's this thing and then we look over and we go and i think the biggest pushback and somebody correct me if i'm wrong here but i think the biggest pushback is mostly on the idea that that people are being forced and i think yeah. the idea is, is once they feel that you have to do this that that's the pushback. Yeah. So the yeah. Uh, the option just needs to be on the table. Like a perfect example. Again, another thing, a subject Don can chime in on here. The new Copo Camaro. Mm-hmm. It comes with four power plant options. One of them being the EV option. Obviously, the 427, the 532, mm-hmm. and then the the 60 LS, 62 LS, whatever the base model. Right. If you would call it a base model engine package for a Copo Camaro would be. Putting it on the table is an option. You know, it'll be out there. You don't have to force them that way. I mean, they're naturally going to go that way if they see the light in it. But, you know, you know the other the other dynamic of it is what I deal with as a shop owner is, um, unfortunately, you know, the V8s have been around so long. There's, it's, it's, a, it's a saturated industry and it's not at the same time. Mm-hmm. So as a shop owner, I continuously have people come to me that have, they, they bring me the broken pieces and they're like, hey, can you put this back together? Right. Because they went to the wrong place. Well, Hopefully, when they bring their electric car to that place that they brought their gas car to, they're not even going to mess with it. They won't even have to. They can avoid that crisis altogether. And the problem is, as a shop owner and as, you know, being a gearhead, being a car lover uh, and a car guy myself is you want to help out everybody. And unfortunately, what that gets you caught up in is a giant bottleneck of, well, you know, it took a little bit longer because of blank. And you have that seven times across the board. And next thing you know, you have delays and uh, production delays and everything else like that. But that's what nobody in the community actually gets. Uh, now, going back to on topic here, um, I think you're right. I think giving people the option out there to do it, like, is it something I'm going to run out and buy? No. Do I think it's neat? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Would I mess with it? Yes. Have I been planning on messing around going down that road for about four years now? Yeah. Before it was even a thing. Four yeah. years when I was still at Putnam Street. Yeah. And I think I remember you bringing it yeah, up. Yeah, we too. talked about that. Mm-hmm. I sat down with an investor from... Uh, Don was just faster than you. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, uh, you know, I sat down with an, uh, some big market investor and he, he invests portfolio, people's portfolios and stuff. And he's like, let me tell you something. This electric thing is going to go somewhere. He's yeah. like, if you want to stay ahead of this curve, you better be ready to bring in any of these things you can. Yeah. I'm like, absolutely. And I haven't turned any of my way to the day. Yeah. Um, and that'll be that, that's going to be the cutting edge. It's like being able to cover carburetors to electric capacitors is going to be the I think they're going to be the niche, you know. Yeah. Don, you got any input on that? Yeah, I think the problem is I think the whole country is in turmoil right now. And there's a lot of stuff going on and people feel like they're getting forced on a lot of subjects. You know what I mean? But the way I look at EV is I think it's just a cool outlet for us hot rod guys to get into. You know, if you think about it, that the first car ever was electric. Nobody right. knows that, but the year before they came out with a gas car, there was a guy that came out with the electric car, you know, and it was mm-hmm. there. The problem was technology and the batteries. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is when it comes to hot rodding, if you want to go fast, you want tor- you want horsepower. I saw this uh, funny meme the other day. It was comparing an LS swap to an electric swap, and they had these two pictures, and there was a motor and the wires and the LS engine bare bones. 
when you really get to the nitty gritty of an, of an electric swap and doing it firsthand, it's not, it's not very complicated. A lot of these Tesla motors, you can run just a 12 volt input and output to make them go forward and reverse and plug it right into a battery and the battery controls everything. So people think it's like a voodoo science, but when you start getting to the nitty gritty of it, it's very, very simple. The problem is some of the fabrication involved to make it, you know, but there's people out there. We're also coming up with ideas of making like a dual large drive unit come together with a balancer. I'm sorry, not a balancer with an adapter that goes right to a turbo 400. So hot rod guys can drop it in, you know, so a lot of things are out there and it's, it's not to physically hook it up. It's very easy. It is daunting sometimes in fabrication wise, you got to make mounts, you got to do other things or, you know, there's, there's a whole gambit that you can go down. Well, there was a, you guys were talking to me about this earlier. I don't know if you brought it up or Don brought it up. Somebody brought it up that there was already something like a kit already that they were saying that bolts right up to something with so a transmission. There's or? a, and I, Don might've seen it too. There's a manufacturer out there. They won some award in the new product showcase uh, and they make a, a electric motor encased in a factory block style composite setting okay. and it bolts up to a factory style mount. Um, yeah, I, I saw that. That was incredible. Uh, was the nuts. real winner, of, yeah, the real winner of the show was was Ford. Ford came out with their own little motor. They called the Illuminator. You could buy it separately, and it was thirty eight hundred bucks. Yeah, and it's already sold out. It sold out a week after yeah. the show. Wow. Yeah. And then Chevy, on the other hand, was a little on the oddball size. They want to sell you the complete kit for twenty five thousand. So I don't think that's really going to work. But yeah. for anybody who wants a hot rod, go to the Ford Illuminator and pop it in. Right. Nobody's going 25 is too big. People will see. I mean, because you can buy, I, I think every LS kit out there right now, if I'm right, is like $2,000, $3,000 at most. You know, if you get crazy and want to say, hey, I want to make sure well, I have they a, start off with that until they start breaking stuff because they right. read all these articles about the junkyard builds and end up throwing push rods in the outer atmospheres. Yeah. But for the base metal. So if you just say, hey, you know, let's say, let's say Don Trott says I'm going to make a, 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 a kit right now for my truck. He would just go out and have these three or four pieces in to- all total from the amount that he's going to sell. He's going to be around 2000 to 3000 to make any kind of money for it. Yep. But when you get into the 25 K range, now you're talking, I mean, that's kit car range. Talking, now I'm building it. You're, you're a car. talking Hellcat engines. You're talking Hellofin engine stuff and you're talking about big block thousand horsepower Chevy that's, stuff. That's factory five level. So you got to be at factory five and somebody say, tell me if I'm wrong here, do you have to be at the factory five kit car level? to be able to get to the level of saying people are going to do that and they're going to be collected into that universe. I mean, am I right here? That's like, that's like drag engine stuff. Like I, I sell 25, 35, $45,000 drag engins, like on a, on a regular mm-hmm. uh, throughout the year, but those people are prepared to spend that. You right. Know, your average hot rodder mm-hmm. is not uh you know, they're in like maybe the low to high teens tops, right. You know, for a nasty crate engine, but, you know, then again, you can't get any of them right now. So, well, that's, that's the thing that I kind of say about this EV thing is, is, and that's what Don was talking about was it's, it's, I want to say it's not just cost of entry, but it's functional entry. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, in other words, if I want to be a part of something, I have to do all this work. I mean, Don, you've been through it. Tell me what you think about the whole, where, where it went for you. In other words, what was this process like? Because we're in the middle of this, this should be fairly easy we should be getting to the point where this becomes pretty much standardized thinking how was it for you all right so basic rundown is you can actually do it for pretty cheap all right so there's a couple places that sell old beat up teslas that are junk and you can get a motor motor and inverter are usually tied together on a tesla for 3500 bucks so you want to build a hot rod cost of entry for that is 3500 now batteries range depending on mileage from five to fifteen thousand dollars so it's it's not bad right so you can get a motor for 3500 if you want to do dual motors you can do you know double that and then for the battery so here's the thing when it comes to building a car if you have a large wheelbase car you can stick a whole battery underneath what you can't do is you have a small car a little nova or you got a corvette you have to cut the battery up but there's a, a tesla with a battery that has its own controller inside of it so all the controls you need to physically activate the motor are inside the battery now, from there, there's a couple other companies like Zero EV UK. And this is the same exact stuff as you would think of like running like a Holly Dominator, right? You got a couple inputs, you got a couple outputs, then you got this CAN bus controller that allows you to feed CAN bus controls to the motor. And all this stuff is the same price or cheaper than having a Holly Dominator. But you could do it the old school way. You could run just 12 volt references to the motor, flip it on, and like a TPS sensor to run the inverter. So it's all very, it's, it's not like voodoo science. I mean, you could do this stuff for real cheap if you want a hot rod, you know? 
there's guys out there who just get a motor, stick it in, cut the battery in half, put it in the trunk and go down the road. You know, we just happen to take the long route because we wanted this truck to do like a Pikes Peak event where we can have both motors on blast, all 400 volts all the way up the hill. And do you have, I'm sorry, do you have a plan to do this down the road? Is this going to be like the big, this is going to actually. Yeah, we we plan on going to Hoonigans. And uh, what's cool about our truck as well is that, so when you have these motors, if you do it the way we did it, you can spin both motors opposite direction for burnouts. Motors don't care wow. which direction they go, and it's how you control it. So we could reverse the polarity and spin them both opposite or inwards to do all-wheel drive donuts. And the same thing for all-wheel drive. We can activate each motor, tie them together. And like It's just like a drag car. Say if we have too much timing, we can physically go in there and be like, okay, this chassis won't handle all 400 volts off the skip. Let's, let's pull it back to 350 volts. Let's slow the frequency down. So you can fully tune these things. And another thing that you guys would like, Tesla puts a board inside the motor. It's how they activate it, right? It's, it's their tune or whatever. You can get rid of Tesla's yeah. ability to get in and out of it, and you can buy a board from somebody else like Zero EV, plug it in, and you can physically tune these things. You can melt the thing down if you wanted to, or you can drive it around like a grandma car. It's, it's fully tunable. That's the thing that they, that they kept bringing up to us because uh, Tesla was, you know, obviously it's, it's a programmable thing. It's a computer. And effectively, like, if you think it's easy to get into a tune on a um, – uh, what are you doing? I'm, I'm listening to you. Don't worry about me. <laughs> He's out of control. <laughs> but um, yeah, you get into a tune, but you get in something on an electric car. And what ends up happening is you it's it's going to be even easier to tune because you're simply just you're pressing some buttons and, you know, all you're doing. In. All you're doing is giving this thing voltage at whatever stage you want. So if you want this thing to a full rip, you dump all 400 volts off the skiff and let the thing light up. Or if you want to, to give it to your girlfriend, have her drive down the road, get groceries, you back it all out. It's it's easier than tuning like an LS engine because there's a lot of variables with tuning, ignition, and fuel, boost creep, you know, all the things that can happen, you know. Right. With this motor, you go in there and you give it as much of a load as you possibly want. These motors make max torque as soon as you light them up, too. So they're violent. Nice. Well, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's people think this is some weird thing or whatever, but when you, when you get in a car like this and you light it up, yeah. The weird thing is there is no sound, but it also gives you this weird perception that you're going a lot faster because you just get sucked back. The steering wheel comes out of your hand. Right. It's like being in an eight-second car without hearing any noise. It's a trip. You get to feel the road. You're feeling everything. You feel the suspension. It's it's a very gnarly feeling, to be honest. And that's the thing. That's, that's when we were driving the Tesla. Um, I forgot which one. I want to say we were taking the S out. Whatever the one I took out, um, that was the thing. As I said, they were like, oh, you know, this, this car is faster than anything you've ever driven before. And I guess they didn't know the stuff that I'd driven before because I was like, I felt this, yeah, it's like a big smile over there. Like, we've been here. But um, no, to, to say it, it was torque on demand. So I definitely felt the level of power that I was putting into it. I liked where it went. Uh, obviously, my biggest concern for EV technology in the future is going to be top speed because I think that's where it kind of hurts. Um, and that's why well, I like that. Like, new plan just went 9 1. So. Yeah, well, the thing is, I, I still go back to the, um, I, I like that hybrid thinking. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because I think it's good, solid thinking to have both. I like options. And I think that's really the softer way of getting people involved because you get all the power of the electric off the line. And then you have that back end kind of horsepower to, to help you along the way. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think that's how people get in, intrigued in it. But that's the thing is, is I, you were saying, I didn't feel the the torque, I guess you could say, that I expected from it, but I definitely felt it all at one time. And that's what I really liked. That was the biggest question for that is like any of you guys working on drag cars, you got to get the hookup off the line and that's that's where you dominate. And that that's where that car definitely, you know, moves in the future. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think another cool thing about this too, people don't realize, you, you know what a Milwaukee drill sounds like when you're lighting it up, right? Yeah, you- right. <laughs> It's loud. There's no baffles in it. What people don't understand, and I probably should retract saying that it's quiet. So when you have – so Tesla's awesome, right? They, they compact all their stuff. They, they put all the shroud on and all this insulation, and it's covered by a seat and whatnot. So you don't hear anything. I actually never knew this, but these Tesla motors out in the open are loud. Right. They, when you rip on them, it sounds like – it sounds like a, almost like a, a tram or something like that locked right. up. And it sounds cool. It's got a really cool frequency sound to it. So it's not totally silent. There is a visceral feel to that too. But, you know, the hybrid, there's a lot of, like, you know, people are thinking about doing, like, an LS and doing all this with a motor that goes to it. The thing is, technology's come so far with these motors now that you don't need to. You can physically right. have 
one or two motors stacked together or one. There's a guy who just went almost 343 miles an hour with there two stock Tesla motors and Tesla and Tesla inverters on the salt flats. And all he did was do a gear reduction drive because a lot of Teslas are direct drive. And like see, I, I think that see that right there, that's the kind of stuff that you need to tell people that are going into the future and saying, hey, I need that power. Now you have, there's your perfect zero to 60. Really, the only worry you have is really your, how much grip you can get. Um, and then you have, you know, your top speed. And the last thing on it is cost of entry. And that's something I remember talking to the guys from Tesla way back when we were, they were testing the, um, the Roadster that they had. And they were like, what do you, what do you think the problem? They were running 13s that day and it just blew up transmissions left and right. They could so much torque that they couldn't have anything with a gear in it. It would just blow the transmission apart. Yep. So the thing was, is that they were run, I, yeah, at the end of the day, I think they ran a 13 two. Um, and that was the thing is, is he looked over and he said, do you see any problem with the engine? Uh, and I said, no, I, I think it's great. The only problem I see is cost of entry because I think the car was like $80,000 and it was like buying a Lotus. Yep. And I said, if you can get that price down now, they have, they're in the 40,000 range. But let's be honest, if you could go out and spend $2,000 on a kit, get an old car, I mean, how much most am I going to spend for an old busted up ride that nobody cares about? You know what I mean? Well, if you don't mind me chime in, I like to like yeah. throw you this idea, right? Say if me and, me and Spike got together and say, hey, we want to build an eight-second car. Let's do it electric. This is how we would do it, right? We'll get something right. old and cheap. One of my old favorite cars, 69 Camaro. Those are kind of expensive. Let's get a Nova. Yeah. Get a Nova, put a little tube chassis for it. We laid a, laid a battery on the inside of the chassis. And then uh, here's a cool idea. Use one motor or two stacked together with a power glide. Now, most Teslas are direct drive. But for us drag racing, we really want to get maximum capability. Obviously, we'd like a four, nine inch in the back. We don't know what gear set we're going to run yet. But with the power glide that's hydraulically controlled to both motors, we can physically have two speeds and then change the gear set depending on how fast we want the top mile an hour to be. And that solves your problem with having a high top end. Put something ridiculous, like like almost like a 273 gear. What's that? It'd just be like having two direct drives. Exactly. And we could change our gear set, change our rear gear drive, and then we have ourselves an eight second car that you barely even have to put a load on. You just know like I mean? splitting a splitting the gear in an eight, 18 wheeler. Exactly. Basically what we do. Yeah. Now it's solve your top mile an hour problem. So there's ways around it. I mean, this stuff is all just coming out now. It's just going to be getting way cheaper. I'm telling you, us guys who want to go faster are going to be ripping Tesla motors out. Maybe some other company comes out, take them things, stack them together. Even just do one if the car's light enough. You know, I mean, most of those motors are making 500 horse, I think like 600 foot pounds of torque. So double them up is kind of overkill anyway, but that's mm-hmm. enough to get any car in the tens or nines. Yeah. I mean, that's just, you're speaking my language here. And I think this is something that I don't think that what we're talking about right now really gets out to the public the way we're talking about. No. And I think that's kind of the big problem. And I think, so there's my thing, Don, you got, I, I want to, I don't want to say you got hate at the show. I'm sure there are people who are you know, grumpy. <laughs> I'm going to say grumpy. How's that? And they're going to go over disgruntled. Yes, exactly. People are people are feathers were ruffled. People are putting their toes in your pond, and yes. people got upset. You talk it, so. about the hate when you guys get a chance because it's the funniest thing you'll ever hear in your life. Oh yeah, it's the best. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> but yeah, I think the thing is, is that it comes back to you know people are not speaking the language; they're throwing it in people's faces. They're saying this is the future, and they're not saying why. And that's something I think today that we kind of put here's into a, here's the a dynamic I'm going to throw at you. Oh, I love there. it. Go ahead. All right. Hey, so we, we've talked all and that you're the huge advocate about this car community thing. Yes. And old blood and new blood. Yes. And same dynamic. Yeah. So we have these new people with those electric cars, but we're not letting them into the shows. But at the same time, we're thumbing our nose at their technology. Right. So we want you don't want to hear what they have to say, but at the same time, they're trying to tell us what they have to say right. and we're not letting them in. And we're not listening. Yeah, yeah. We just shut them right off when they start. It's just like it's just gone full circle. So that somebody bullied Elon Musk out of a, a car show 13 years ago, and now he's out making Teslas that are breaking quarter right. mile records. Well, Good the, job. The thing with Don. So, <laughs> so here's the thing, Don. We were talking about this on one of the uh, the other shows that we do. I think it was on the car grumps that we were doing it. Yes. Um, we were having a discussion about uh, what it's going to look like when, because all these car shows come out that you have a car show and you, you know how they get separated. So it's the, the old cars versus the new car. You even have stuff where the domestic split up old and new. Well, you now have, old is, I mean, define old now. Old right. was 50s, 60s and 70s before. Now it's, you know, cars that, you exactly. know, 85 was 36 years ago. Right. You know, it's like, 
So, All right. I mean, so then you add in the Hondas or oh, the, yeah. if you will, the imports, if you will, then the European guys, then the exotics. And then all of a sudden Don drives up in his truck. Where do we park him? Like he, where does he go? Does he just sit out in front and do the thing? Cause he's literally got something that has the power of an exotic car has the old feel of an old, old truck. It is a truck. So now he's got the truck area pulled into it too. I, I there's I just kind of think that there's almost like no place he can't park or no place he can't. But in the same respect, he's looking at us saying, I'm not sure who accepts me. And there's where I'm like, OK, where did we drop the ball here? And maybe it's how we're presenting it. Maybe because we didn't have Don on before to say the world, by the way, you know, hey, you want to be this fast. You want to do this. You want to do this. You can do it. And it's still just as affordable as. You know, I hate to be cliche when say history repeats itself. Oh, please. But, yes. I mean, look at when they started running nitromethane and alcohol in dragsters. Yeah, that's when the AFX class originally came out. Mm-hmm. Like they were running gasoline and flatheads and everything else. And then, you know, um, uh, Garwitz came out and started running this. They, they, they ran side engines. They ran front engine dragsters They until he almost lost his feet. And then they, they came up with the rear engine dragster. And mm-hmm. I mean, they did the same, same thing happened. I, I forgive my date range here. It's a little fuzzy. I was a little young. Right. The 40s and 50s here, when that started to take that turn, they were getting looked at the same way. Right. Like, you're going to do what? Yeah. You're going to run what and what? And it was volatile. Right. There was no control. There was no fuel logs. There was no, you know, it was just dump a whole bunch of fuel in it and make some power in it, you right. know, and uh, <laughs> let's jack this compression up. So, I mean, I guess it's like history is repeating itself. So they were like, well, what class do we put these in until they banged on the door hard enough that they said, this is our class. Mm-hmm. And I think till more people like Don bang on the door and they're like, where do we fit? Yeah. And the, the push comes big enough. It's going to be, it's going to take that to get that individuality that that class is seeking. Yeah. And that it deserves, mind you. But you got any input on that, Don? Yeah, I might be a little too out there for you guys, but my whole thing is uh, most of us that do this do it because we love it for some sort of reason, right? We, we're artistic or we like to fabricate. You know, for me, I like to, to build it. And after or that, I'm done with it. Right? Money. <laughs> yeah, hate, yeah, most of us money. hate money. <laughs> I wish I got into something else when I was younger. I'd be a millionaire by now. But my thing is, instead of trying to figure out where we fit in, it's like, man, it's just do what you love. You know what I mean? If we all liked 32, four tea buckets or whatever, like this would be one boring show. You know what I mean? The fact that we've been having this conversation mm-hmm. shows you some guys like Corvettes. Honestly, I don't like Corvettes. Does that matter? No, I still appreciate when somebody builds them. Just do, do, do what you love. Have fun with it. There, there shouldn't be. I like you know, that. Thing. I'm all in for that thinking. Yeah. I'm there shouldn't be this too. whole thing. Like, where do we fit in? It's like, if you do what you love, you don't have to worry about fitting in anywhere because you're already in it. Mm-hmm. And I my think- thing is, go ahead. My thing is, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> And it's so funny when we see the hate and you see how like people react to stuff. A lot of guys are like, Oh my God, you guys cut up an 85 C10. I'm like, yeah, we pulled it out of a, a barn. Like that thing would have been sitting there rotten right now. Cause nobody would have built it. It's not the rarest car in the world. And then people get into the whole, well, you're, you're trying to save the world by doing electric. No, like, we're just trying to go fast. Dude. Right. <laughs> it's like, we're, no, just we're trying, trying to, to go get fast. A to B man. That's the quickest. Point. Yeah. I try to get, I try to get yeah, A to B line. and try to do it differently. You know what I mean? And learn while we're doing it. It's a huge learning curve. So I think people got to get back to that basis that let people do what they love and have fun with it, you know? And I think, I think Alan's approach to that was more so when these, when these kind of creations become, start becoming more mainstream is where will they fit in? I mean, we ideally that, and I've used this analogy a lot is that people ask me what kind of clientele do I have at the shop? And the car guy is not the guy that will bang his knuckles Friday and Saturday nights with his boys in the garage to drive on a Sunday. He wears a suit Monday through Friday, eight to five and wants to drive his car all weekend. Exactly. You know, mm-hmm. and those are the clientele that walk in sometimes eight times out of 10. So those are the people that aren't like Donna myself that are like, well, where class are we going to be in? Right. And like more so where do you, where do you, what do you define these as? Like, as far as like import domestic tuner, it's like, where exactly do you file that kind of creation? You know, right. as far as I think that was his approach to it as, you know, I, I'm more of a, just like you, Don, I'm like, well, I just want to build a badass ride. You know, that's right. just what I want to do. And that the, mm. the truck we built for SEMA last year was uh, the same thing. It was just like, we just want to build something different. Like, what do you want to do with it? I don't know. Just strip it all down and clear coat it and shove a whole bunch of horsepower in it and bag it on 22s and, mm-hmm. Well, you know what? You know what my big problem is, really. The problem that's that's defined me for over time is is because I've sold cars. Yep. And to me, when a buyer comes in to look at a car, I don't know so much. I mean, 
I've turned wrenches. I've worked with fast cars, but I've seen the same kind of thinking that we've had over the years when, you know, the same struggles and the overcoming it. Uh, but the thing is, is how do, how do you introduce this stuff to the world for me has always been, what do I do to meet people that are accepting it? Do you know what I mean? How yep. do I get them to adopt something when, like you were saying, the guys that come into your shop are not guys that turn wrenches anymore. You know, I it think, used to be they. I'm going to bring it in because I need you to fix it. Now they're bringing it in because I need you to make it. You know, I think it's going to come down to like people, builders out there like Don that are just going out there and doing something epic and be like, oh, by the way, the proverbial mic drops going to be like, oh, by the way, it's electric. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and then the, then, you know, little by little, you'll get like 20, 30 percent of those people watching like, oh, no shit, huh? Well, that's the thing is, you is know, to I get think, the gears turning. I think that's what he did at the show is he brought it's, something to the table. I got a weird analogy. People loved it from some experiences yeah. in Vegas. Mm-hmm. So when you're sitting at a table for the first time playing a card game, yeah, say it's a bunch of guys at the table, four or five guys. And feel free to chime in here again, Don. <laughs> um, you know, who's going <laughs> to speak up first and ask how to play the game? Right. Oh, yeah. The dealer's already playing it. Say the dealer's Don. He already knows the game. He's already playing it. Right. Who's going to speak up first? But when you watch the dealer and you learn, you, you keep watching him and watching what he's doing and watching yeah. his face card and you, and you get the concept there, what's going on. And you're like, oh, I decided to, uh, you know, when you when you develop enough ammunition to fire back right. at your your circle of hate that you may have around you when you initially drop an mm-hmm. idea or what you're putting in your 70 Nova, like, oh, well, you know, this, this and this. Yeah. Nobody's this just lack of pioneers nowadays you know it's lack of people like don lack of people like you know myself sometimes you know being able to break out of the mold like you know we have to do this cookie cutter stuff to pay the bills sometimes but in the back burner we always have i have this we have these crazy ideas so like this is what we're going to do but we need to feed those we need to keep doing those because Uh we need more we need more dealers out there you know well that's the thing is is i think that's what they brought to the table at cement and that's why i think the buzz was so high about it was that we brought something to the table that why, why do we play blackjack? Cause it's fun. It's easy entry. It's easy to play. I, I don't always lose. There's a, that's the thing is a 40% of the time I win. And I hate, I hate to say it like that because really every time you buy a car, that's really what it comes down to is, is hopefully you did enough research ahead of time that you limit the amount of damage to your purse down the road until you get that first repair bill or whatnot. You that know? never happens. Yep. Yeah. Right. <laughs> There's no buyer's regret here. Um, but yeah, that's the thing is, is they, they have that, that entry level. And I think that's what I was saying with, um, I think that really brings it to the table here of not just saying that there, there are people who accept this stuff and they went to that show and they saw that car or they were online, but they saw the post and they shared it. Those guys, you don't have to worry about them. They're already on board. People like me, I, I want to accept the, I, my problem with uh, EV is not EV. It's people being forced to use EV. I think that it should be just like this. I don't think the government should be coming in and saying, oh, by the way, we're getting rid of all your cool stuff. You need to go, right. you know, but yeah. I mean, we're going to find a way to make some. We're going to find other ways to kill the environment unintentionally. Right. But the, th- the other thing, too, is, is that this product should sell itself. Yep. 100%. I mean, if you're listening to it, but that's the thing is, is nobody's saying that nobody is coming out and saying, here's here's this cool product. And Don's over here like, hey, if I do this. I mean, imagine if you had somebody come into your shop and say, hey, what do you want to do? Do you want to do eight seconds, nine seconds where you want to be at? Oh, that's I've actually had that happen. That's kind of scary. Sometimes. Right. Like, so, OK, what have you driven before? Right. Okay, but this is going to be fun. First, I'm going to get my cameras ready. <laughs> so let me first take out your engine and then I'm going to put this engine and this and this in it. And I'm actually just going to sit in the engine bay and make race car sounds first and see how you react. You're high. <laughs> Don, we have a project on be- on deck. You're on for this. <laughs> Remember Spike? He he volunteered for that. I position. literally had somebody show up who who'd never drag raced before and they went out and bought an insanely horsepower, you know, alcohol driven grudge car. And was his I'm name like, Don? No, it wasn't. Okay. And I, I refuse and I like him. He's a good dude. He's yeah. a solid dude, but I'm not gonna say his name on here. Oh he's, good. He's okay. a good dude because he's learning he's listening but he's like i just you know i'm like so what have you driven before and he's like uh and he mentioned a couple of things and right. i'm like all right so uh you ever been down the track before like yeah a couple of times right. i'm like okay so that's like none yeah that's um, yeah. all right so we're gonna have to rent the track for a day i'm and, gonna go uh, professional level i've never raced before so i know it's amateur but yeah let's go yeah we'll just uh <laughs> unplug four wires and then i'm gonna send you down the track right, right we'll go from there you know <laughs> You can run half the engine. That's fair. It's like I really don't want to pay to paint that jersey barrier on the side of the track. Right. You know. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna uh, 
we're going to take the same. <laughs> Everybody does it. It's the second you get that thing out there, it's either in the wall or it's broken. Well, it's like that, that when they started reaching release in the Hellcat. Yeah. Go ahead. What? No, something fell. Yeah, it was me. Oh, it was you? <laughs> what did you drop? I didn't. Did you unplug your thing? Oh, there he goes. Gas, he unplugged his microphone, his headset. There you go. It goes right to the end of your, or did you break it? Oh, there you go. This is professional level. Don, do you love this? I love it. I I'm telling you. What's that? I don't know when it ends. It, it's somewhere back there. Just stand up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> it's his first time on the show. We're doing great. A little bit. I fixed it. Okay. Should I edit that out or we should just leave yeah, that right in there? That in there? It's fine. Don, leave it I, I'll leave it to style. Don. What do you think? Leave it's it in or leave it in. It's more style. Oh, I like it. Okay, cool. That's the thing is, hey, is I, I love I, it. Yeah. I tell you what, uh, you know, I think things are going to change a lot in the next couple of years. Yeah. It's exciting and also scary, but I feel like this is going to be the precipice for a lot of people to, to start getting creative, start yeah. getting wild with their ideas. Because, like I said, you know, nobody wants a 32. Ford all the time, so well, it's going to be amazing to kind of see how this happens. It's going to force the hand on that, right, Don? What's that? Right. The industry shortage is going to short. It's going to force our hands on that. That's that's what we're going to be. You're right. Well, I hope not. I hope this is a thing that we can all kind of take in, and you know, because if God forbid, right. if they ever started banning LS engines and aftermarket parts, like well, that, like I mean, a lot like of us the hurt. availability right now of everything, I think that's going to aid in the search for alternatives, in the acceptance of alternatives yeah. when you yeah. don't have anything else. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think it's a, I mean, I just, I got, I mean, we all know which way it could go. I hope it doesn't go that way. But at the other time, it's like, this is the time to start thinking about the creativity of doing something like this and how you can apply it to your shop. You know, you don't have to be full on EV guys and sitting there tinkering with your multimeter all day, but you could start thinking, okay, I'm going to do one of these, maybe start designing this, do that. Uh, shit, I want to make, well, sorry, maybe I want to start popping out a thousand horsepower Corvettes or I want to start doing this and do that. This is a kind of a cool thing to start thinking about it because no matter what EVs work, you know, just a matter of making it work for yourself. Well, I think that's the reality is, is that no matter how we cut this, you, you, whether how you get into this, if you turn wrenches right now, if you're any kind of repair shop, if you're any kind of person, I I don't want to, I don't want to tell people they have to close the doors if they're not going to accept the technology. I think that's the worst thing to do. But I, I, if you're not already in this, you're behind the eight ball. Yeah. You gotta just, you gotta be, he's Yeah. It's away from his mic. <laughs> He's gonna I agree. <laughs> I agree. But yeah, that's yeah, the, the wave's coming. This is the wave right now. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing is, is it's like you said, if you're not in it yet, you're you're outside the the eight ball. And that's I unfortunately, I think a lot of people are into that. Is it not denial or is it just they don't want to be? They don't want to accept it. Stubborn. They're stubborn. I can yeah. tell you what the next wave. Next wave is going to be. Uh, I think it might be the last one that Ford ever makes. Is what they're saying is the new Godzilla. Yep. Oh my goodness! 100%. Have you seen that thing? That thing is a shredder. I am. That is what? something that I'm. There's a guy that I met at SEMA that makes a, a block off plate for the front that you can run a normal oil pump. And the whole design structure of that thing, that's going to be an LS killer, I think. I think that's going to be the new wave of hot rod motors that we get. And they're pretty cheap. I think you can get one from Ford for 6900 bucks complete. Yeah, well, you can get it. You can pull them from ATEC for like 65, 6600 yeah. bucks. They've been in, totally on good, the yeah. shelf all summer. Wow. Sitting there, ready to go. Yep. And everybody's not yeah. even talking about them. 7.3 liters. Like that's not even that the structure of it, the way the rods and the crank is and the, the actual cam journal itself is made to be a hot, like everything's hot rod about it. You know, it's, yeah, that's, I think some guy just made 1300 horse with it with a pretty mild combo. That's crazy. Single turbo. Yeah. I mean like that's, that's going to be the motor. We start putting these things, start, we start testing those things out, start pushing those things to the limits. They're cheap. They're easy to get their hands on. They're a little big, but I mean, anybody who builds cars can make some room for those things, you know? Well, that's, I mean, let's, let's go down this route then. Do we still think that there's, I don't want to say this that I don't want to say there's a market, but because we know there's a market, but is there a point where we kind of double back on this? So some of us, some of us, we have our EV thing over here that we're doing for our, uh, our one thing. And I have friends that are already doing this, by the way, they have their EV car. So they have their Tesla or whatever it is. And then they have their monster 7.3 liter. I mean, is a wheat or is there's two, the, two pro- paths the, the or problem seen- with fitting the, the Godzilla in certain things will be the dimensions of it. Cause I've had a couple yeah. customers come in and they just, it just wouldn't fit the platform without major fabrication. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's gnarly. 
Yeah, it's yeah. it's as with most of the Ford engines, the Ford power plants, they're they're extensively wide and a lot as opposed to the narrower LS engine, just usually slides right in there. Um, I was actually trying to pull up the dimensions on my phone because I actually had Ford Performance send me the dimensions of it uh, back in February. Yeah. Uh, because I had two clients that came in back to back, and I'm like, hey, I want to put this in your car, you know, yeah. and uh, they one of them actually still might be getting it done, but um, it's just uh that's going to be the kicker right there. But it is, it's a nasty power plant. It is. And I'm not even a Ford guy. I am anti Ford. I can't stand Fords are garbage. <laughs> really? Yeah. Most of them. I did not know this. Yeah. This is something, this is learning curve. Right I, I'm now. A, I, I build GMs and imports before yeah. I build Fords. Like wow. it just wouldn't happen. And I have a 68 fastback in for a full restaurant right now, but I mean, I'll do it all day long, but um, this 7.3, they actually looks like they, you know, removed head from, you know, where and actually put something nice together. Nice. You know, Hmm. Yeah, she's a wild one. All right. So what's Don, what's next for you? Well, I got a passion project that I'm actually working on. And let me tell you a little about it. I'm not going to oh, give out. I'm all ears, buddy. Hit it up. So I love V8s and I love all wheel drive. I always thought that the Subaru should have had an LS in it. You know, and nobody's done that. There's been a couple guys who've made like an all wheel drive cutlass. And I think you came to my shop not too long ago and you saw the all wheel drive truck. Yes, but I, I sat back, but I sat back and thought, there already are four-wheel drive trucks. All-wheel drive truck isn't going to be too different. So I'm actually designing a chassis for a 59 El Camino. It's all tube chassis. And I mean all tube chassis. I put on a jig. It's going to look something like uh, it's going to be all round tube, no square tubing. And it's actually going to be Godzilla-based and all-wheel drive. So if you ever heard of a guy named Rob Dom, he built a four-rotor all-wheel drive. I want to do something like that. Well, I'm doing something like that, but it's Godzilla-based. I'm going to alter the oil pan to work with my front diff. Then I'm actually going to be using like a GTR transfer case or H1 transfer case. But other than that, I'm going to start putting that together. And that's going to be uh, it's one of the coolest cars, I think, in the world. It's like a car truck. When you see them in real life, just, it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. The way the back wing comes up. We actually got kind of we had a Nomad back there, which is kind of the same. But yeah, I think it's the coolest looking thing in the world. So what I'm going to do is like a modified three link in the back. It's going to be going through the bed. And then the front's going to be all independent suspension from a Corvette. That I'm going to make all work. So this is going to be an autocross slash eight second car that you can drive on the street, but it's going to be under a 59 L Camino. That's crazy. And that's the but thing. I, is love- I, I love that tubing that you have when you use those, those setups on it. It just looks, I mean, it's very like, it was so funny when I used to get to get the Lambos in and you look at their two, their frames. And I'm just like, that's, that's not a lot of frame. Do you know what I mean? It just didn't it's feel like right. But when I see your stuff done, it's just everything looks stiff. It looks solid. It looks, you know, ready to go. Uh, and that's the thing is, it's just I, I want to look at it and go like, you know, it just needs a suspension and whatever huge, gigantic engine you're going to throw in this thing and then make it work and it'll be diamond. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's funny. Uh, using the LS engine would actually made this whole thing a lot simpler, but I really wanted to try a lot of stuff with the Godzilla and I wanted to mat it up to a 480. But the whole idea about this is I want to have active traction control and I'm going to run like vehicle speed sensors in the front and rear. So when everything works, so one day it's going to work, yeah. you can physically take off on any surface. And I'll have variable maps depending on how fast the wheel speed's different in front and rear. And I'll actually have active traction control in it. And there's, gonna, there's going to be no dismounting anything, no changing anything. Only thing I'll have to do is go change the instant center through the bed in the back when I want to go drag racing, make the car hit harder. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's going to be making the car actually work, you know, making the whole thing leave and actually. A lot of all-wheel drive cars have problems leaving the line, like yeah. the real fast ones, the seven, eight second ones. So making it go eights, mm-hmm. I get an eight eighty out of the thing, eight seventy, and I can drive it home and then go go around corners with it. I'd yeah. be stoked. Yeah, that's do it in that shell. I think they'll throw some heads. That's the thing, and that's I, I I hate to say this, but you do know once you do your first hit, the second one has got to be just as good, right? The album's got to be just <laughs> as good as the first one. So. Well, I'm going to get them all out of the way off camera before I put it on camera. I'm sure it'll take me in a couple headbutts and a couple, you know, a couple bad runs to make it work. But, you know, it's going it's to get there. I got till next year. I got to get it to semen next year. So I'm starting it now. I got to get the, ch- the chassis table all ready to go and take all the parts that I've saved over the past years and start running together. I just got to find the shell. It's the most yeah. hardest car I've ever found ever in my life. Tomorrow's yeah, reason. Trust me, trucks are I'm, easy. I'm a 5960 guy, but um, I might have a line on a few. So you should message me. Yeah. And yeah, it's I, funny, you know what? I told one guy what I wanted to do with it, and he says, "I will never ever sell you my car. I'll make sure nobody, nobody sells you one." And oh, it was I'll, an El Camino. I'll, I'll help you find one. I was just in Oklahoma, and I got to go back down there for four more that I left down there, and I know where there's a few. So just wait. You have one. Me and do I, you have one? I have locations of where there are ones. <laughs> yes, yeah. I love you. Thank you so much. You guys, you guys, you, this is the thing: is, is I'm kind of like wondering 
if I had should should put you two together at some point here, because this is now that I've now that you've met, I realize that you guys talk the exact same language. <laughs> like, and then I realized what I've put together here, and I was like, oh my God, this is the, the next Frankenstein is gonna come out of here, and it's gonna be like this beautiful monster that you're like, I am I gonna regret any of this, or am I it's just gonna be a good merger here? It'll be no, we're gonna have some fun. Yeah, it'll be more content for the what it's like to drive. As long as it doesn't involve explosions and burning cars or any of that, like as long as it's if we make it to the end of no, it won't involve any of that. <laughs> we, we'll get, hey, is it we'll, cold over? Is it cold over there yet, guys? Oh God, it's freezing. Yeah. Oh, geez. what's what's the um, Jen? What's the temperature? Thirty-seven degrees. Thirty-seven. Gross. Yeah. So thirty-seven. Oh my degrees. goodness. Yeah, we're actually doing, I mean, we've had, the sun is really doing, still doing a good job of heating everything up, but after daylight saving times, you know how it, it crashes, so you're not missing much. Hey, do you remember the Chevelle that I used to have? I, I you kidding me? It's like forged in my memory. I love that that thing. I don't know if you guys, can you, can the viewers actually see me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll show you something, so. I can see you. Hold on, let me get over here. Let's say one of these. So you guys can see that. And then there she is. I'm getting her back on the road. Nice. So this is a little 383 that I built twin turbo. Uh, from the fuel, based on the fuel numbers, they should make around 1,200 of the rear wheels. So I got to pop the transmission back in and get her rocking and rolling. I'm trying to get that thing in the eights, and I'm going to get rid of it. But I've had it since I was 15. That was that was the thing is, is I always love. Do you, do you want to share the story about that thing? or? Yeah, sure. We can talk about Please. it. Please. So I'm a working man. I'm not loaded. Right. So I'm trying to build this El Camino, like I told you guys. And uh, I don't have the funds to do the whole thing the way I want. So I've had this car since I was 15. It was the car that my father actually wanted me to have. And we, I looked at it for like, we looked at multiple cars and they're all a mess. Then we found this 70 Chevelle. We were going to go back and buy it. My father passed away like three days later. So I told the guy that I couldn't get it. And he's like, do you really want the car? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I really do. He's like, I'll hold it for you. I got to work at Burger King back then. So I told him I was going to take me a long time. He's like, I don't care. I got plenty of money, man. I'll hold on to it for you. So for six months, I saved. My grandpa ended up coming and give me some cash. And for 5,500 bucks, I bought this thing when I was 15 and a half. Nice. I got the picture of my own scraggly hair. It was still the same color, but it was all red. This is the original paper I had. This was a fire I had after prom. It's still on, based on there. But anyway, I've had the car since I was 15 and a half. I built it three times. It went like 1250s, 12. 12 30s and then i got in the 10s and then the last combo with this before i pulled the motor out with nine one and then now i'm trying to get it in the eights but it's all original tape and you shared um you shared pictures of that on the track before right i've seen those pictures right yeah that was probably the first time i raced it when i went 12 40s mm-hmm. yeah that thing is incredible i mean that's a i mean just looking at the garage alone just you know makes me want to Come over and visit, <laughs> and don't and don't take the bike. He'll actually get in the car and drive down. Like I'm actually going to South Carolina this weekend, so oh my, come God. down, yeah, come down. I'll show you the truck. I'll show you the space. We got a bunch of cool stuff in here. I, I knew it. See, what did I tell you? Yeah, it wouldn't. It hasn't even started yet. Notice Spike has moved over to another location here, so they can get a better view of the uh, monitor uh, because he was he was actually positioned behind. And we've actually actually moved the production chair over here. So that you'll have you ever, at some point, so you can have a better look at it. But um, but you ever yeah. heard of the Playboy? You ever heard of the Playboy car? No, ever. The car that was built for Hugh Hefner based on his original one. It's right here. Oh, let's yeah, let's see it. This is gonna be nice. Car. Look at that. Oh, I hate talking because every time I talk, it kicks over and doesn't view it. So. But what I really want to show you is this. We actually have an active NASCAR motor here right now. Nice. The new breed or the old ones? Oh, old school one. Yeah. Well, I can't move this off, but it's under this box. We have like an old spec from the 2010 NASCAR motor. Yeah. It's pretty wild. It's cool to see the technology and something like that. It's nothing like a small blog. Well, I, I am. I'm so happy. Like, I remember seeing you when we first did our film uh, coverage of you. It was like the two two bay lineup garage and now it's you're in you know south carolina and like filled with all these projects i I, it's good to be able to see you going down there and taking some of the skills that you have and putting it into this and really shining and i'm really impressed by it 
Yeah, you know, I, I realized this is what I want to do with my life. I used to be an engineer on boats. And I started to really hate it after a while. And this whole creative thing came over. I had so much to learn. So I started my own shop and I kind of realized what I liked and what I didn't like, but I wanted to learn from some of the best. And I got plucked into this project. I've been talking to other people and I just keep on pulling info out of people. So hopefully one day when I get my own, because I still have the shop in Rhode Island. It's sitting there. It's all in there, cleaned up, ready to go. And uh, I'm ready. I'm going to go back up there and be able to get my knowledge back out. But for now, I'm just trying to absorb everything and be the best asset to the people that helped me out, you know? Well, that's the thing is, is we've said it before, steel sharpens steel. So if you want to have, if you want to be the best out there, you go to the best and you learn from the best. And then you take, you know, obviously with what we do, we have to have some natural ability to it. But having um, the motivation to just pick up and leave like that and go to wherever you need to go to get that information. That's something that I, I, it's how do I teach that? How do I bottle it up and say, you know, this is how to be successful. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's going to be a humbling experience because I think what happens is a lot of this car guy stuff gets toxic. People think they know everything, man. It's like you meet any true engineer and they're always humble. They're like, I don't know. I got to learn. You know, it's like, there's so much to learn. If you want to be a truly gifted car guy, you're never really going to get there because you're always learning, right? So you have to be humble enough to be like, all right, I got to learn that. I want to learn this. And you just keep on pushing and pushing. What, you know, what I guess that thing no- called the, the, is it the Schrodinger effect? It was the thing of when you test people and you ask them, you say, um, if you ask somebody who is actually good at something, they usually say they do. They stay very humble. But if you ask somebody who has no idea how to do something, they usually say they score like in the upper 90 percentile. So, that's the thing is, is it's the, that humble thing is so true. It's the idea of, you know, the day that you think you're the expert is the day you're not. The day that you're lost in the sauce. That's what I say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The day that you walk in the classroom and you think you know more than everybody else is the day you're the dumbest one in the classroom. Right. Yeah. You it, 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 the thing that's crazy about it, like some of these car builders, you know, to be a truly gifted car builder, there's, there's so many different, like, all right, you want to be good at sheet metal? It takes thousands of hours to be good at sheet metal stuff, to be really good bead rolling, to making flat panels. You want to do chassis work? It takes a lot of hours to get good at mitering, tucking, and welding perfect seams. You know what I mean? Like, every little aspect, to wire a car, to properly pin a car, you have to get tons of hours under your belt to make it perfect. You want to use Deutsch connectors, how to pin it. It's like, so if you really want to get good at everything, you just got to keep on pulling any information you can. You got to study all the time because well, one you, other you know thing- you're already lost. Yeah. One other thing that I try to tell people too is not just that, but people get into this and we are, I'm not going to use the word antisocial, but that we get to the point of where we get busy and we don't think about the whole entire process, if you will. And the idea that you, you can't carry this burden by yourself. This is not anything that has to do with a car is going to be braking, engineering, um, dynamics, air, aerodynamics, controls, um, creature comforts Uh, the concept of a car itself it covers every form of engineering there is and the idea that you know some people come out there i just gonna run my own thing and i'm never gonna get any help and i'm just gonna do whatever you you can't be an island in this thing and survive it just doesn't work yeah yeah you have to have your family and the thing is is that's everybody that always tells me oh it's a toxic car community and i said show me your family because your family is going to define who it is. I mean, that's the thing that I love about the group that I have right now. Everybody around me is positive. Um, there are people that are actually going to get it. Like you were saying, like we were saying before, steel sharp and steel, or don't be an expert, be humble. These are things that, I mean, this doesn't just work in the car world. This is something that works in everything that you could do, no matter what you do. If you want to do financing, if you want to sell houses, if you want to create a product, if you want to be innovative, this car world is is this thinking that we have the good people, if you will, um, they they have so much to teach. So I, I don't how do how do you teach it? You know what I mean? How do you get it out you there? Have people, to, yeah, and people have, have to, to accept it. it. Yeah, exactly. That, there you go. I think a lot of us in high school should have got taught how like the, the how to be humble, how to live your life. You know, none of us got that course. We got learned some algebra and some other things, but a couple of things hit you in life, and you have to start learning. Do you want to go the, the north route? You want to be good, or do you want to go the south route? And, get sick, you know, but one thing I thought was kind of funny was when you came and started recording, I, wa- I always wanted to do YouTube stuff and you'd come in, make it look easy, pump out a good video. 
I started wanting to get to know it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's got to be easy. I can do it. So I started playing around on garbage. Everything was junk. It was just like I was too artistic. Things didn't work coming together. It was just a big jumbled mess of like Waylon Jennings and me doing burnouts. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Even my Instagram videos now are terrible. And then I met Kyle, the guy who did the videos for us for Salvage of Savage. And I, and I watched them. I really wanted to study how I do them. Oh my God, that's another art form. Like this is a whole yeah. other aspect that I want to learn. And hours and hours, look at how he did it. And like there's a YouTube formula to how things work and all that stuff. Yep. Like, woof. So it's amazing. Like if you want to start doing all, you can't really do a lot of the stuff by yourself. You have to have a good team, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's it. You got to find out what you're good at too. Here's the thing that I'm going to teach you. And I want you guys to listen to this because I think you're going to find it important. One of the things that uh, there was a guy that was, well, there's two guys and they sell shoes. And they go to this place in the middle of nowhere and the company wants them to sell shoes and they go over there and they meet this, the group of people that are going to be running whatever their shoe company is supposed to be. And the guy looks over and he says, uh, you, you guys are all wearing, you're all barefooted. The first guy. And he says, um, no, we, none of us wear shoes. So the first guy's like, oh, great. He gets up and he leaves goes back to the hotel room, picks up his phone, calls back the place. And he says, this place is junk. Nobody here wears shoes. We're over. <laughs> the second guy sees it. Doesn't say a thing. Holds his cars to his chest. Says, oh, nobody wears shoes here. And he goes, no. Gets back in his thing, drives back to the hotel room, picks up his phone, calls the front desk. And he goes, we just hit the gold mine. Nobody here has shoes. The difference between those two people is exactly what we're in right now. We're in the middle of the surviving a pandemic in the middle of some of the worst. Like right now, I have a bearing that I'm waiting for for three weeks. Somebody out there in the middle of the start of, of EV land or hybrids or any of that technology that's coming out right now. We're in the middle of something and there's going to be somebody right now that's going to take that ball. They're going to pick it up and they're going to look over and say, nobody here has shoes. And they're going to find a way to get them shoes. And I'm telling you this, this right now, this something's going to happen. There's going to be the next Jeff Bezos. There's going to be the next Elon Musk. If somebody in our car community will pick up that ball and run, and there's so many balls out there just laying on the ground that nobody's touching. Uh, I mean, you know how hard it is to find anybody to work. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, I mean, we had, I had a friend the other day that I walked over and he says, do you want, he shows me the, the amount of, people that have you know they filled out things to get employed and he says he's got a stack it looks like a book and he says guess how many of these people showed up and i said how many i was thinking like right, two or three and he goes none of them none all of these guys nobody showed up to to get a job and he says if if you get good workers right now you could get the teams you get this you're in the middle of the biggest opportunity ever right now and i just like i said i think that somebody's got to find it and somebody's got to run with it am i am i wrong no, I think you're right. I think a lot of us have to also lead by example and pass the torch. What, I, what I'm kind of learning in life now, it doesn't matter how good we are or what we do. Well, if you don't give back, then it's all kind of pointless, isn't it? So what I'm trying to do is hopefully I can get myself to a point where I can build cool cars, pass the torch somehow to either teach younger kids, get them in there, get them, get them motivated and happy and excited. And hopefully one day when I'm all dialed in, I can give back that way, you know? Well, you're doing give you free did. knowledge away, you know? That's, well, that's another big thing, knowledge. Well, well, I think there's two things that, that I've learned here in spite, correct me if I'm wrong here. I think this is perfect was number one, you brought something that everybody wanted to pay attention to. Some of them, some people pay attention to it for the wrong reasons. Some people pay attention to it for the right reasons. But tonight we've actually talked about some of the reasons to jump into the EVs and to consider some of this stuff. And I think they're all good reasons. Um, and the thing is, is we've given some people out there something to think about to say, let's grow this car community. And I hope that we've kind of spurred somebody to say, you know what, maybe this isn't as toxic as I thought it was. Maybe this is the next level. Maybe this is where we need to go in the future. Maybe I should reconsider it because there's a lot of good people in this, this area. Am I, am I-, I think it's going to be educating the, the people that are out there. Uh, like Don said, mm-hmm. uh, I think getting the, getting it out on YouTube, getting the exposure out there, getting the short clips, short, the short reels, if you would, on Instagram and stories and TikTok and, you know, I think making the splash, you know, wherever you can and anywhere you can with uh, little just information tidbits instead of trying to excuse me, break it all down in like an hour segment or hours of segments. Just be like, hey, I th- this is cool. Look at the monotony that this thing causes. I, I completely agree with that TikTok analogy, the TikToks, the YouTube shorts, any even any kind of the stuff that we're doing right now. I think that's just yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with that kind of 
introduction to whatever we're doing out there and grabbing this next generation. All right, we're going to, this is going to, this is the show for today. Um, Don, I want people to be able to find you. Where are they going to be able to go to find you and get involved and see some of the cool things that you're doing? Yeah, my Instagram is one of them. It's my name, Don Abadanti, uh on Instagram. It's an easy one to follow. You can go look at the YouTube channel at Salvage the Savage. And then uh, get ready because my new one's coming out where I'm building the car of my dreams. And uh, we'll get that out there. But the one thing I want to end with is, man, I don't care who you are, what you are. If you're in it for the right reasons and you like to create or you want to learn and you're into whatever you're building, don't, don't listen to what everybody else says. Have fun with it. This is what it's all about. It's about... It started all back in the day where people were trying to go faster from the cops moon to shine. And now we're here. We're getting to build these creative outlets. So if you like it, you love it. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. Don't worry about anybody else. That was my grandfather, by the way. I had one grandfather <laughs> that was the sheriff and my other grandfather ran shine. They actually had their, their thing. So it was so funny to be, to see the actual people. None of that surprises me. And yeah. actually see the cars and, oh yeah, you know how to, you know, how to, you know how to detect a good shine, right? Oh yeah. You know how to do that? If you yeah. put your thumbnail in it and your thumbnail falls off, it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, my Crazy. God. <laughs> I wish me and Spike were back then. We would have had the fastest cars around. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. you have the stuff that they did. You just listen to them. And today, having flashbacks to it back then, I kind of listened to it. I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like a really good idea. Now I think about it and I'm like, I would. I mean, just cutting and tearing and doing whatever. And death hey, it traps. works. It's absolute. It just traps. needs more air. <laughs> It just needs more air and gas. And that's back with leaded fuel. And oh, yeah, <laughs> there's no hey, one. I want to say thank you guys for having me on. It means a lot. It's cool to be able to get the story out there. Thank you, guys. No Absolutely. problem. Yeah, that's the thing is, is I always wondered why my 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 brain cells started off really slow when it came to early time. I was like, it's no wonder I'm surrounded by enough lead in, in my gasoline to choke a horse like it's so bad. All right. So, yeah, thank you. Thanks, Don, for coming on. Spike, you got anything to say before we end this? I, fi I fixed my mic. You, I've heard you fix your Instagram, yeah, too. Yeah, I, well, sort of. I didn't really. The Russians got to my other Instagram. I'm still they, working on it. It was actually Nigerians, <laughs> and I tracked them. Nigerians, and you tracked them. But I, I got I got a new one started. I'm not happy about it because I worked really hard on the old one, but we're still working on the old one, too. But for now, yeah, we got. We'll get it fixed. Uh, Spike Speed Shop Inc. Yeah. Yeah. Instagram. But we'll get it out there. We'll put a link if you guys want to in the descriptions. You'll be able to follow him. YouTube, so, TikTok. Yeah. YouTube here. But yeah. Horrible we're, waste of time. We'll, and we'll have please, Don Don yeah. on when he makes it, makes it, make his next monster. Or probably we'll have snippets from you when you guys go down and do something. Yeah. I'm crazy. supposed to be leaving Friday to drop off a 70 Chevelle I just built. So in, in South Carolina. Well, I'm, you guys are already on the same chat yeah, together. So, so I've already created the evil that's going to. Yeah. Come down, man. Come down and visit. Come down and oh. hang out. I'll show you everything. Oh, well, he definitely. will. Yeah. He, I guess not even doubt. Like, I already know he's planning it right now. Oh, yeah. All right. So thank you guys <laughs> for tuning in. Uh, remember to check out these other vehicle, the videos that we have on here. Remember that we have uh, at Executive Automotive Society. Uh, we have the YouTube. We have our new website is up and running. We've been putting content to that. We have a lot of crazy stuff out there. A lot of new unveilings, a lot of driving stuff. Uh, I don't expect to slow down much for the winter. We are going to do more. Uh, and obviously, Carside Chat, we're going to have it at least once a week. Uh, and then the new automotive news stuff. So, I mean, we've we've done all this crazy stuff, and uh, we're going to keep bringing you more stuff. And, uh, yeah, down in the future. So check this out. And, uh, yeah, like and subscribe. Hit the bell icon. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you. It's been Carside Chat. This is Spike, Primo, and Don. You guys have a great night. Bye. Take care.